For one reason or another, maybe you can relate where you see this person, you watch them maybe from afar, you see them on social, maybe you even get a chance to interact with them and you just have this story in your head of who they are, what their backstory was, and then you actually hear the real story and there's that shock and awe, that mesmerization of like God being so much bigger than our little tiny brains. <laughs> no offense, you're brilliant. I love your brain. Kiss your brain right now, in fact. But Jason Cisneros, he he was someone I got to meet through EYA, Embrace Your Ambition. If you're not familiar with it, you've got to go. It's in June in Denver. The whole fam will be there. It's epic. Um, but anyway, he was there. He was speaking. And I was actually prepping because I was going to be speaking after him. And I remember tuning in to his dynamic energy and the depths in which he went into storytelling connected to the billions of dollars he's been connected to. And this goes even further into that story where I just had that moment of revelation like, no one can be falsely idled. No one can be higher or less or greater than or like that's not God's intention. And through our messy stories, we become so relatable. And if people could just sit in that place of this is me, it changes the way we can coexist and develop together. I believe we thrive together when we are interconnected in this depth of, of truth. And so I hope that this blesses you. I hope that it propels you. He motivates me in so many ways. And as a philanthropic, just missionary, ultimately, it propels me into that space. The the giving, the generosity connected to the overcome is something we all need to be more wise in. And that's ultimately what Proverbs is about, right? So Jason, thank you so much for your love and your your openness and the show and I can't wait for it to continue to impact people for years and decades and generations to come. If this blesses you, could you share it? Could you tag us both? Could you follow the show and even leave a review? I know that it might take that extra next minute, but it blesses us as a team as we put this information and these value added interviews out into the world day in and day out. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a loyal listener, and we appreciate you more than you know. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Yeah, short story, backstory. Um, you know, I was adopted when I was six years old by a guy who wasn't so cool. Um, a really bad guy actually. And, um, he abused my mom. 
And as soon as I was old enough, I started stepping in front of her uh, to take those beatings. You know, he broke my nose over a dozen times and put her in the hospital several times, kidnapped me a few times. I get, you know, the typical, I don't know if there's such a thing as typical, but, you know, the, the typical abusive guy, I suppose. And, um, and, you know, fast forward to when I was 17, he went to prison for attempted murder of me and my mom. And, um, and it was, it was interesting. I mean, that backstory, like, uh, it it was rough. Obviously I wouldn't want that for anybody, but it was God's exact purpose and preparation for the life that he wanted me to live. I didn't know it back then. You know, I would get beat up really bad. So one of the, the things I would get beat up so bad that I would get locked in my room until my face would heal. And my grandma, who I think, not think, I know was an angel, right? My grandma always made sure that I had a Bible. And my grandpa always made sure that I had some weights, you know? So (laughs) it was exactly the right energy, you know? I mean, like I said, it was God. Thank God for them. And thank God for a lot of the people that came along in my life. And and messages like yours that you put out there, you just never know who you're going to touch at exactly the right time. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I remember reading the Bible, not from a religious standpoint, but as a series of stories, right? There's a lot of connectivity and, and connective issues and tissue to, the, to God's journey in our life and just creating something, an environment to slow me down because I'm a very type A, go, go, go type of a person like you are, right? And, uh, and so slowing down is not one of our tendencies. So slowed down. Yeah. Took my adopted father beating me up and, you know, locking me in a room for a while, but I was there and it slowed me down enough to fall in love with the written word, number one, and to fall in love with the Bible from a non-religious, non-dogmatic perspective, but through a series of stories and hearing the heart of the stories and putting them together in application to what was going on in my life at the time, which I believe is what the Bible is for for the individual. It's not for the big churches. It's not for the, you know, it's, it's for our interpretation of the, of how we're living our life in direct relationship to God, the father. And, and so I got that opportunity to do that, but then, you know, it didn't, it didn't sink into my heart. It was still in my head. And, uh, when my adopted father went to prison, I started dealing drugs when I was 12 years old. I'd been fighting a full, full grown adult, Um, you know, my entire life. So I was a good fighter. Therefore, I became a good collector. And that's what I did. And, uh, you know, to my everlasting shame that, you know, you have to, you know, you beat people up if they don't pay their bills. So, you know, and so that's what I did. Um, Until he went to prison, I kept doing it until my son was born. And when my son was born, it was an interesting week. um, Because I started having this pull on my heart. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have a kid. And I know the life he's going to live because of the life I'm living. And it ends in two places. It ends up in the, in, in the, uh, in the ground, dead, or you end up in, in uh, uh, prison, which right, is where right, my brother right, right. You know, ended up most of his adult life. So, uh, but I started thinking, I don't, I don't really want that, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, at the time, um, I was already thinking about getting out and... Um, I ended up in this last sort of situation and I told the guy that I was with, I'm like, I'm out of the lifestyle. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was like, well, you can't be out because tonight we have something going down. And so that went down. I was out in the parking lot and 
saw a glimmer and I pushed him out of the way. And as I did, the knife, you know, I got a knife stubbed, stabbed into my chest and I've got a big scar across my chest and uh, almost died. But it was interesting moment because when the knife went in my chest, that thought, like there was a Bible verse that popped into my head and it was the sins of the father, right? Sins of the father born unto the children. And I thought, no more. It's not happening. It's, you know, that I, I'm going to change the trajectory. If, it, if it's not, if I die from here, that's fine. But ultimately, I'm going to change the trajectory of my life. And I think a lot of people that watch your show and that are looking for answers, it really is if you start with, I'm on one trajectory, whether that's porn or cheating or alcohol or drugs or food or whatever it happens to be that we're leaning on more than we're leaning on the Lord, just change the trajectory. You don't have to change your entire life because most of the time we don't know what the hell to do on the other side of stopping drinking, right? What's that true, next step? True. But God, you know, God orders our steps and, and um, you know, I got a job and I started working and eventually had to figure out that I needed to learn a trade because I didn't graduate high school and uh, learned a trade and ended up teaching me a lot of skills, laying carpet and whatnot. I bought my first business and, you know, Da 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 da. Now here we are today. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Jason, I'm I'm processing. I'm processing the hardship, the heartache, the heartbreak. I'm processing the angels that are around us, even in those places of despair. Like in the valley, the Lord will show up, and sometimes it's through people. And I think a lot of people are on their knees in the hoping and the wishing. Perhaps they're even feeling like that now, and it wasn't when they were twelve, or it wasn't when they had kids. I know for me, a part of my massive shift in God actually getting my attention finally and surrendering, like we talked about out the gate was when I had two tiny babies, a one and a two-year-old. And the Lord was like, you need to wake up because on your tombstone, it's not going to say entrepreneur. And if you keep acting the way that you are, it's also not going to say wife or good mother. <laughs> and so you need to make a decision on how you want to live your life. And so the fact that you went through, you call it this hard knocks experience of getting your PhD on the streets and having like real rough situations transpire to the point where you are stabbed and having that life or death situation, you chose life, even against the will of the people who are surrounding you. And that is sometimes the hardest. It's that peer pressure element of doing what we have to do because others expect you to do it. And I know as a leadership guru now, as a trainer, as someone who helps Fortune 500s come to life, a lot of which are connected to sales, it feels really strange to say, how does this life experience catapult you and drive you into entrepreneurial fruit? Like literally the incredible businesses in which you've been able to develop. What would you say is the heartbeat of what was to what is now? Service. Mm. It's service. Um, you know, it's, it, it's fascinating because I've had so many opportunities um, you know, in my career. I'm a turnaround specialist by trade. So I started you know, by, by screwing up my, this is another message, whatever you screwed up in the past, you can certainly help people avoid those things, right? So good, yeah. I mean, I've been hired from, you know, people that have graduated from Harvard and, and Yale and, and Wharton School of Business, hiring a dropout, you know, Come a dropout ex-junkie ex, uh, and, and, you know, and, and drug yeah. dealer. And the reason is, is because they're they're hiring me for my failures. They're hiring me because they want to avoid those things that I experienced. And um, 
and it, and it's interesting because now I've been exposed. And then I bought my own companies and yeah. built them and sold those back in 2019. And, you know, a whole bunch of really, really amazing things has happened. But it didn't start happening until I understood that joy exists in sacrifice and service of others. And, and it's a hard one. You know, they, we talk about uh, the baptism and dying to the flesh. And yeah. Also, it's really dying to the ego, right? The things totally. where every anytime we think that this, the things that we're doing and we're doing them for ourselves, it's the difference between selfish and selfless yeah. is the entire life gap that people need to jump. And sometimes it doesn't seem like that because you're like, Jason, that's great for you to say, you know, you're doing <laughs> yeah. stuff and all this other kind of crap, but I've got I've got rent due in three days and I don't have the money. Yeah, you know, I've I've got uh, uh, you know, a husband beating me. I've got, you know, my child is on drugs. There's, there's all these kinds of things. And, and what I found in my own life to be true for me was when I got out of that poor me, that why me, and, and just even in the little, littlest, tiniest place, who else is hurting? You know, yeah. who else is hurting worse than I am? And start to, to figure out how to, you know, solve their pain and, and, and serve them. That's when I started to really experience joy. And so I became addicted to that. I became addicted to serving other people at a super high level. And, and that creates an entirely different result or outcome in your life. When you, when you get addicted to the right things that I think Jesus wants us to be. Well, it makes me think of this uh, public speaking scenario where the person on stage asks how many people in the audience love to help people and everyone raised their hand. And right after that, they said, how many people like to ask for help? And mm. no one raised their hands. Yeah. And they said, so you not actually asking for help is inhibiting your neighbor who can't wait to help you, who loves to help, that you're providing intrinsic joy. It's not a value exchange of the finances, though that might take place. It's the intrinsic exchange that catapults us into favor because right. of that forgiveness, ultimately, which, like you said, it really comes to this place of saying selflessness is sacrifice, which is what Jesus did on the cross, which allows us to be dynamic servant leaders. And so from an entrepreneurial perspective, from a marketplace perspective, if we can even equip our leaders who are leading, our managers to recognize that their role is not about them, what they're good at, what they're not good at, what position they're in, but more so about their selflessness towards the ultimate mission. That's what makes massive movements. Yep. And, and you know, I've owned a, a consulting company for many, many years. I've got a great team that, that runs it. Um, and I jump in every once in a while just to keep those skills sharp. But yeah, uh, and, it, and we just actually did uh, a turnaround for a larger organization. And I went in and and I helped. And this is 14 years now that I've owned this company. Yeah. And it never ceases to amaze me that this conversation, people hire my company, you know, Anton J. Global, they hire us because they think they want more money or they want a bigger house, or, yeah. you know, they want those things, which is fine. I don't, it, whatever anybody wants yeah. is up to them. It's not for me to judge, but what they end up finding out because it, you, our companies are a reflection of who we are. Yeah. It always comes back to the reason why you're in the, the situation you're in is because you're focused so much on what you're going to get. 
you've forgotten that business is falling in love with the outcome of your client. Mm. You've forgotten that having a great team is and falling in love with their outcomes is the job of a servant leader, right? You've forgotten because what we have is great is examples. Like I think of my, my, my adopted father a lot, you know, yeah. God rest his soul. Um, you know, he's dead now, but I think of him a lot. And I think of um, the lesson, the example that he was setting for me, which was women are less than children should, you know, be, be beaten, you know, their anger, upset, Mm -hmm. everybody's trying to take something from me. If somebody looks at you wrong, you beat them up. Like it's fear, it's intimidation. Like that was the lesson that I was trained with. And so that was the way that I was raised. That's how I interacted with people. That was, I did what I knew. And, and so when you look at today's business world, what we see is a whole bunch of unethical capitalism happening around us, right? We see the Amazons, we see the Bill Gates, we see the, the, all of these different people in an unethical, ungodly, um, selfish, never being able to fill that hole in their own soul because money won't ever do it. Right. And, and you see that. And so business owners, new, young, you know, whatever are modeling the incorrect behavior. When I believe that business is an extension of all the things that God gives us, right. To be selfless and to be service oriented and to increase our skills and to take that talent, not bury it in the sand, but to multiply it and and stand before our master and, and have him say, well done. Right. Good and loyal servant. So and 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 so that's the standard by which my consulting company works. We're now I'm taking on, uh, you know, the giant Amazon with the company. It's David Goliath. Yeah. And come we on. Just believe like we're like this is it's not for the money because, you know, those days of needing money are behind me. Thank God. Right. Right. It's about resetting the culture and showing that a that a integrity based prayer based christian based um behemoth of a company can do what's right and reset the standard by which other entrepreneurs behave and well it makes me think specifically about like my children who are being raised as young entrepreneurs through this lens and what they are being taught in that space and so thankfully my husband and i are both christian entrepreneurs kingdom leaders right but there isn't big conglomerations for me to point to for them. Right. And so when I'm giving examples, I'm like, how could you do this better? Right. We're constantly having to manipulate what is visible with our eyes based on the premise of the Lord, which, you know, that's forever more. I don't think that that's going to go away until he comes back. But I believe with my heart of hearts, while witnessing people like yourselves, companies like yourselves that are on the rise, this is going to be something just like we were talking about before we get on here, that if we aren't willing to partner, if we aren't looking to other people, the body of Christ has to operate as one. And that is not how these massive mogul companies, they are trying to step on everybody to become the only one. And that's not, there's enough, there's more than enough for everyone to receive the bounty and blessing of heaven when you're operating in Jesus-like principles. They're looking to eliminate as opposed <laughs> to is, is duplicate and yeah. to, you know, and they're looking to eliminate. Eventually, they're not going to have anybody to sell to. 
right? Yes, so they're true. trying to eliminate their employees with with technology and automation. Yeah. And not that there shouldn't be some sort of innovation, but there has to be forethought yeah. to say what is the end result to this, right? And yeah. we started out. We said, look, you know, what's the what's the color of royalty? You know, what is what is noble about our profession, right? And that's what they, they ended up becoming the name of the company, Noble Us, N-O-B-L-E, right? Noblest.com. And it's a platform. It's like a triangle, perfect triangle to bring together like-minded people that sell stuff, like people, like-minded people that make stuff, like people, minded people that buy stuff. Okay. And for us to hang out with each other because the battles that are being fought, we forget in, in because people don't like to talk about money. Right. We forget that wars are won and fought and and lost and won and lost, sorry, at the bank. Yeah. And we do yeah. not have enough successful Christians to battle, right? The 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 battle that's going on with the Soros and all of these other people that I could bring up. But but ultimately it's to resource the kingdom. Yes. Yeah. And just be one of those little lights. I know we're not going to be the biggest, I, and maybe we will be, but it doesn't matter. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is. I'm fighting yes. and I'm so down because I've got God behind me. And I, if I could tell you the stories of just this one company yeah. of God's grace and God and the team that they put together, there, I can't even imagine that I could say Jason Cisneros was involved in any of it other than just going, I'm here. <laughs> you know well, that's I mean? the obedience factor, right? You, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Like you're just taking the step forward. You don't always know what the outcome of that step is going to be other than that you've been guided divinely to do what is right and just. Right. And because you've had that ulterior example, you know what not to do. So yeah. that's a good step in the right direction of what to do, right? To change that trajectory, like you mentioned. And the first time that money was exchanged in the Bible, I always think this is so interesting, was when Someone who was not Christian, someone who was not a believer, was not a follower Christian, that word isn't in the Bible. Someone who was not Christ-like, the evil, demonic, whatever you want to call it, actually gave it back to the righteous. And so I really believe we're in this rise of the righteous receiving what was always ours. And I'm watching it over and over and over again. And the reason being is because I believe we're prioritizing what you said, relationships. We're prioritizing people. And it's like, I think of these small little minute examples as you were talking about AI and what people are really wanting these days. It made me think of like webinars or coaching that's actually a course that you actually never talk to the coach or the person. And this industry and what it's become is literally separated because everybody wants money to just come and, and they be in the Bahamas. And it's like, that's great. I want you to have recurring revenue. I believe that there's models that can do that. But in the process, you have to show up on behalf of the other person so that you can exchange, like we talked about the, from the beginning, the intrinsic value cannot be exchanged from an extrinsic reward. It's just not right. possible. 100% right. And people use technology is fantastic. I mean, obviously, yeah. everything is from God, even, yeah. you know, ultimately. Yep. And so technology is being used by these big corporations to push themselves further from their clients, yep. further from their employees, to yep. lessen the relationship and increase the profitability, which they don't understand. Profitability is directly tied to relationship and levels of service, right? Yep. And we have a bunch of mid-sized, small-sized companies that are leaning on all of this technology. Well, how how could we have the messages 
auto repeated and not have to talk to the customer. Yeah. It, a master step. Anybody out there that owns a business, talk to your employees, talk to yes. your customers, like get in there, give them a hug, like figure out a way to call them on the phone. You know, yes. and everybody goes, that's not very efficient. Well, neither is going out of business. Yeah. You know that's so good. It's so true. But that's what I yearn for. I mean, I was talking to our ad specialist recently. We were talking about what ads to run and what do we want in front of people. And, you know, the idea is that they would come on one of these like intimate experiences with us. They would be an author that's going through the publishing process for the next year and we get to mm -hmm. dissect and build and grow. They'd go on these international retreats where we can really dive deep and dissect what's transpiring in their common day life and take a break together and actually reflect and walk in with vibrancy and joy into their life. But I can't run an ad for somebody to do that with me because I'm a stranger to them. Right. And no different than a stranger coming to my door right now and saying, hey, do you want to walk life out with me for the next year? I'd be like, no, I don't. I've got people in my corner. I've got resources I can touch. And so I think there's that's the conversation about the nurturing of the relationship that is true. And there is a dynamic element, but automation isn't the nurturer. The person right. is the nurturer. It's why we create podcasts like this, because you're hearing our voices and you're getting to know our heart. And I can't create this copy again. I mean, I could, I could just take the transcription AI. It's great. <laughs> Thank you for the blog and SEO and all of that. But it's not the same because there's another layer that you're now intrinsically feeling because we're having a real life conversation. Yeah. Technology should be used to, to deepen relationship, not to replace it. So good. Yep. That's a mic drop right there. Sorry and not sorry that I am interrupting your very incredible podcast with an interjected commercial on something else that I find really important or I wouldn't put it in the middle of the show because the show is rich. But I am witnessing over and over again with marketplace ministers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders who haven't yet figured it out on how do I break through this glass ceiling of finances connected to freedom and prosperity, which is God promised. It's a location and it's a place of being and it's something that's blocking you. And I want to help teach you that truth can be taught and value can be given without me needing to offer you anything. But I am going to offer you something. <laughs> I'm going to offer you an opportunity to come connect and experience and learn and sit alongside others who are learning in a two-day mastermind training. This is content that we share inside of our 25K Mastermind, and so we want to fully make it open to the public with intention of equipping you to do the thing you're called to do. We're so tired of people not being able to break through this, this, this bondage. And so it's 30, 50, 100K months. It's a methodology that has been cracked by an incredible marketing company that works with some of the top influencers in the world. And so all of that data has been collected to teach this strategy in a addition to teaching you the multi-channel influence that I know you're going to need in order for you to propel the message God has put on your heart. So that's a lot. All you need to know is go to tamarit.live to get the goods to sign up to claim your seat today. 
It's only two days. It's six hours. It's going to be the most highly invested time that you could possibly spend with this six hours because it's really expensive if you don't. Do you want to lose 100K a month? I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't. We need this to come in and funnel through our experience. So when you put your name and email, it's super quick. You'll see, you'll get to talk to someone on my team to make sure it's the right fit. I don't want you wasting your time and I surely don't want you wasting your energy. And so, yeah, that's that for now. Anyway, keep enjoying this show and I'm so grateful you're in the community. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully at the mastermind workshop. So Jason, I think about all of these different elements that you're doing, how you're stepping into what God has promised you over and over and over again. You're bringing your family and being that steward and that example for your children. Can we talk a bit about the philanthropic side of what you do? Because I think it speaks volumes to who you are, but it also gives larger conglomerations and people who are just starting out the understanding of that servant leadership at another caliber. So how as a small business or how as a huge business, can we start to operate with this generosity mindset that it doesn't all have to come in and go right into my pocket, but actually as I feed and fuel communities and economies as you're doing through not only slave trade and and getting people out of those horrible scenarios like you probably felt when you were little, feeding the homeless. Let's talk about those and, and really see, is there a way that we can all partner in those? I love it. And, and I, I, my, my family, my tribe, so to speak, are people like you, they're content creators, they're business owners, they're like, that's the people that are wanting to do good. Right. And, and I look back historically, I'm a huge history nerd, like just a nerd. Yeah. (laughs) And so when it comes to conversations and I'm also a mathematical person, right? Mm -hmm. Because the only way that you measure anything, the truth is the in the numbers, like, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Like, that's the only way that you can judge whether your behaviors and your decisions are making things better or worse. And I look back, you go back 260 odd years and you look at the world in numerically abject poverty. Okay. Abject poverty. It was in the mid nineties, right? 93 to 95% of the world lived in abject poverty. And then all of a sudden this thing is called is born. Bunch of Christian men get together, Christian women, Christian families. And they say, you know what? This tyranny stuff, not so cool. Yeah. Right. Not so cool. We believe in that God gave each one of us this thing called sovereignty. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so we started this little thing called the United States of America and embedded inside of United States of America was a key separator that we don't talk about enough, which was independent access to capital via capitalism, right? Via Mm -hmm. small business, via trading my eggs for the goat and all this kind of stuff. This was the thing. And there's a great book out there by F.A. Hayek called The the, uh, Constitution of Liberty. And it talks about this, how the great equalizer, the, the thing that you cannot be racist and be a business owner. You cannot be sexist and owner. You can't treat people poorly and be a good business owner yep. if you're based in proper ethics, yep. right? If, it's, if you're ethical. Yep. Um, unethical, you use things like governments and, you know, you, you crush people and blah, blah, blah. So you look at what happened when, that, when those two things, which had never happened in the history of mankind, came together in this thing called America. Yep. And then you go fast forward to where we are today. Where is abject poverty at now? It's in the low thirties. Mm-hmm. 
right? So now you go, okay, is cause and effect, right? Causation versus, uh, um, you know, those types of things. You ask yourself that question. But what I really truly believe is that that's what caused us to be able to reduce and ease suffering. A lot of people are saying, I want to end trafficking. I want to end, you know, some of these things. We're not going to end it. Right. We can certainly ease it greatly. And so my job is to ease suffering in the areas of true victims. And true victims to me are people that have had choice ripped out of their life. Not, you know, a a skin color, not a sexual preference, not a, you know, a lot of these other things, which are the problem is we live in a day and age where everything you can be a victim for anything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, (laughs) And so real victims are people who have had choice ripped out of their life. Nobody's choosing to starve. Yeah. Right. Um, the kids in the world, especially, yeah. um, nobody is choosing. I know this is a, a, a controversial comment, but nobody's choosing to be a woman being beat up by a man behind her own in her own home. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and nobody's choosing as a child to be ripped out of a home or sold out of a home yeah. uh, or run away from a home to become utilized in the, in the underage sex trade. Yeah. Right. So these are the people that people that we have to show up for. Yeah. Right. The women, the, the, the widows, the children, it's in the Bible. It's all yeah. over the, Bible. it is You're right. of who we're supposed to stand up for Yeah. And the elderly and, and our veterans, I believe as well. Right. So, you know, we, we look at um, those things and that's where I believe this thing, this independent access to capital is so important. I'll bring it sort of to an end with, what just happened. So um, the, the, we, on the uh, rescue team that, that I run with, it's called CERT Ministries, mm-hmm. Search, Evangelize, Rescue, and Train, mm-hmm. right? It's a Christian ministry. Yep. Uh, we fund it. I, you know, I either fund it or we raise capital for it or, you know, whatever to be able to go get these kids. Yeah. And um, one of our members, we were just in a, in a deal in Mexico and we are all having dinner afterwards. And, and he said, he's a, he's a Christian that sneaks into Cuba, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's bold. Right. I mean, th- these these men, you know, wow. I just want to say men, the men, the women on our team are unbelievable. But the sure. men who they're they're so great. Provider protector. Yeah. So he he sneaks in and he goes and preaches the word of God yeah. and then, you know, gets out. He takes supplies and different things. Well, he showed up. He was talking about the fact the last time that he went was a couple of weeks earlier. And he said, I went and the guy that usually meets me wasn't there. He goes, asked where he was. And they said, he's been arrested. And they said, for what? And he said, they told him he had two chickens. And he two chickens, he got arrested. How long is he in prison for? 10 years. He did five years per chicken. What did that chicken represent? And, and we need to think about this for a second. It represented independence from the wow. centralized state. Wow. He could survive, even if it was just two chickens worth of food. Right. He didn't need complete dependence on a centralized state of the Cuban communist uh, um, government. Wow. Right. Any government that tries to take away your independent access to capital is attempting to enslave you for power, for control, for all those types of things. I leave it open. I'm not I don't care about (laughs) Democrat and Republican. I could care less. Yep. I do care about is patriotism and civic duty. We have the government that we deserve right now. If we want to replace it, we have to stand up. Some of us may lose our lives in the process, but 
it is what it is. Well, and persecution is imminent, right? Yeah. Like it literally is just a part of the process. And so I love that we're having this conversation. And I know quite a few people who are on that rise who are like, I'm going to flood the gates of hell in these places that are controlled currently by people who don't carry the ethical boundary. They don't carry the moral code. And it is causing disarray in so many different genres of, of people's victims. Yep. Like they are true victims and they're playing with it. And so that that's massively critical. So thinking through the people who are just getting started and like helping ministries in this regard, that's something that people can pour into. That's something that we can have um, the community of fit and faith to be able to support as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, it's uh, slavefreeproject.com is the, is our site. And, um, you know, and you can donate there anytime, but join the community. It's like yeah. we were talking about, like we, your money's great, right? Yeah. It's, and it's not your money anyway. It's God's money. Yeah. And, and Pastor Rudy always likes to say, you know, you can't kill a dead man. Cause everybody's like, oh, aren't you afraid? I'm not afraid. I, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm already a dead man. It just means I get to go meet my, my father. So right. Good. Well, and I think you're right. The, it's the community touch points that provide the relationships. Like we've been talking point to the access points that we need to get into. Right. Because I know people, you know, people, we all know people. And so it's just like the generational legacies. I'm thinking of Abraham. I'm thinking of Isaac. I'm thinking about all the people they're connected to. If they didn't rely on those relationships, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so that's a priority. Yeah, I was angry with the church. I was angry. Yeah. at God. I was angry at yeah. Jesus. I, you know, I, it, it's funny that my Christian walk has been hilarious. Um, you know, got to, Pastor Rudy and I text back and forth. And the one that we text back and forth is God is hilarious, right? The most I because all that. of these things that happen, but my, I went, I got saved back in, um, it would have been around 2000, you know, somewhere around 2000. Okay. And right about then, while I was at a, 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 a retreat for men, yeah, how to become a better father and a better husband. My wife cheats on me and gets pregnant with another man's baby. Oh, right? <laughs> so along the way, I lose my business, you know, mm -hmm. so now I'm separated. We're going through a divorce and, and it was like, everything was ripped out of my, I'm like, this Christianity is for the burger. Right. Like, right. Right. Why would I do this hard thing? Yeah. To add insult to injury, like the place that I was going to church and the donations that I used to make, now I can't make. Now I actually need financial help. Yeah. And they're looking down on me and shunning me and all this other kind of stuff. I was like, you know, okay, bye. Yeah. And I got yeah. angry with the church for yeah. many, many years. When I met Pastor Rudy, I started rescuing with him five-ish years ago or whatever it was. First conversation I had with him was, don't come at me with your Jesus stuff. <laughs> I love what I, I love helping these kids. I'll come with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is now my, the, he was my 12th, 11th or 12th rescue unit that I'd been with. Okay. And I kept finding things that were off, Yeah, you know, yeah. improper use of uh, donations, uh, doing it for the wrong reason, looking for self-aggrandizement, putting these girls in danger, like oh, yeah. something off sure. uh, about the ones that I was with before. And, uh, and so I, I told him that I was like, don't come at me with your Jesus stuff. He's like, no problem. You know, come with us. And then I just watched, mm. you know, Tamara, I, I watched and I, I was on rescues and I saw miracles happen. And I watched, mm. you know, as we would pray on our way out and the, 
the the presence of of Jesus and the presence of God's spirit as we would go out and the prayer teams when we were looking in all of our fleshly uh, uh, power to to you know execute on strategies to be able to find these girls and to exhaust that after seven or eight days and have our prayer team call from three states away and say go to the hospital and we go to the hospital and there she is you know what oh I mean? my gosh it's so and, good on and on and on and watching a, a baptism of of a of an eighteen year old boy by his dad you know right after we got done with the rescue and and um you know the just the straight up and watching Pastor Rudy and his beautiful wife, Lori, and, and his two powerful daughters and that entire family do nothing but love people. Mm. No judgment, no nothing. You know, there was no, no, there was, you know, we were going at a, a predominantly white team going in the, into neighborhoods that were burning down because of BLM mm. and, and rescuing black children wow. and Hispanic children. And, mm. you know, gay and lesbian and, you know, transgender, it didn't matter, right? It wasn't for us to judge. It was for us to focus on the one, which is why Jesus died for us. He died for you. He died for the listener who's listening. He died for me. He went after the one, right? He went after the one. And yes, it became multitudes, but it's still about the one relationship. Yeah. And and, uh, and and so I watched that over and over and over again. And so two years ago, he baptized me on the church in Solana or on the beach in, in Solana. I told him, for all my sins, we're going to need an ocean. <laughs> me too, brother. Me too. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. And have you just seen a surge in like other parts of your life because of that spiritual surrender? It started before. I mean, yeah. you know, it started before. And, and yeah. if I'm being honest, God has been right so, there carrying me like those steps that you see in yeah. the beach, you know, on that, on that photo. Uh, but, but the recognition of it and, you know, God brought me an amazing woman in mm-hmm. Emily, you know, uh, an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd been seeing each other for about four or four and a half years. And I walked into that the same way I walked to Pastor Rudy. I'm not getting married. <laughs> doing this stuff, you know, <laughs> and, and she prayed and, you know, and she's a Christian, you know, very solid Christian woman. And, and so the very, the next year after baptism, I, I proposed to her on that very beach mm-hmm. and June 9th of this year, we're going to be getting married and Pastor Rudy's going to be marrying us. So, Come on. It, so it, good. God, so God rich. is, you know, it, it, is. and it's not all joy. I think that yeah. we, you know, but, but it is, does make me happy to look back on my struggles. Yeah. Because on the other side of that, you know, we're, if any, if anybody knows anything about medical, right? If a bone breaks where it heals, it's stronger in the broken place than the rest totally. of the world. Totally. And we allow ourselves to heal by forgiving ourselves or forgiving the person that hurt us or, uh, you know, just moving on past it and letting things go and not just forgiveness. This is a, this is a powerful thing that, that comes into my heart as we're having this conversation. I was angry and use my adopted father as an excuse for a lot of years and as anybody else would. And the, the world at large would allow that mediocre, that lower energy, that weaker version of who Jason is and say, you know what, Jason, that childhood was hard. Like, yeah, you probably should be dealing. You probably should, you know, it's amazing. You're even alive, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so being surrounded by people who, 
who authenticate your weakness yeah. is terrible for us. Yeah. It's terrible for us. And I look at, you know, the, the, those things and it got to forgiveness and it's like, okay, you got to forgive him so that you can release yourself. And then there was another conversation with somebody that just is so powerful in my life and said, Jason, um, you should really be grateful for your adopted father. And I was like, screw you, you know, like, <laughs> you don't know what I went through. I went through and, ah, 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 and you know, I'm fighting and I'm, I'm sitting in that energy going, this is terrible. And he's not, <laughs> like, he's not, he's nowhere around me. <laughs> totally. And so I'm like, I'm letting this guy forgive me. And then I started to think, okay, the kids I have, the, you know, the, the work that I, because before I got into trafficking, I've always been an advocate for, um, for domestic violence. Yeah. Right and feeding people and yeah. when we were hungry as a kid and and mm. i started to think to myself oh my gosh like thank god he was my dad millions have been affected yeah. no i mean thank god he that mm. man was my father because oh if i if he hadn't what would my character be like what where would my backbone be right where how would i have the example of how to be a, how to be not to be as a man as a husband as a father that was the, he was the greatest example. And he was probably, not probably, for sure, suffering. Yeah, 100%. To be able to do that to somebody else, 100%. something was broken inside of him. And if he would have met Jesus, mm-hmm. right, what would have happened? Yep. If he would have met Jesus, right? And, and so that it's, yes, it's forgiveness, but forgiveness to me is weak, becoming yep. grateful for the things that challenged us in our weak spots yeah, and, and challenged us not only to heal our own broken bones and our broken spirits, but to then go out as a warrior for other people who need us to show up in those weak moments. That's why we go through the stuff that we go through, right? Is it testifying? That's literally what, like, that's the ultimate mission of God. And it yeah. connects to his power. It connects to his heart. It connects back to the fact that, Yes, you have an earthly father who didn't get it right. And yet God is still greater and he is still sovereign and he has been there every step of the way. And I think sometimes it can be hard for people to look to God as a father when they didn't have that example on earth. And it could create that sense of um, anger, as you kind of mentioned, as far as like the friction of like, I am now pursuing you, God, or at least I thought I was pursuing goodness and righteousness. And Jesus was like, there's actually more to the story. There's so much more to the story. And I think that's why when we actually surrender, that forgiveness element just kind of washes over us because we're now not trying to fight a battle that has already been won. That takes you from victim to victor. That takes him to the throne versus you to the throne, which is what we talked about from the beginning as far as ego goes. And so I've seen amazing things transpire when people, massively impactful people actually change their mind, repent. And so I think our prayer, even as we talked about America and some of these, um, you know, moguls that we know of that we just pray and that in that prayer and in that surrender of our heart and his will connected to it, that there's going to be a lot of repentance that's going to take place. And if it doesn't, it's going to be fire and brimstone, brother. There'll be replacement. Yes. Come on. That's so good. It's so good. Jason, you have touched my day. I'm so grateful that we had this time together and so expectant for the continued favor on your life. 
and the way that you're just going to continue to move uh, mountains for people, uh, specifically break chains across the world um, by the movements that you've been called into because of the pain that you've walked out of. And so I don't honor your father, perhaps, um, but I honor the life in which he led that opened and made a paved way for you to be the man that you are today. Yeah, my father created the universe. Yeah, there it is. That's right. Man, thank you so much. Are there any final like nuggets you want to share? I had one other question I wanted to ask, and I hope we can do it fairly quickly, but it could literally be an entire podcast in itself, is for the person who's just starting out Mm -hmm. in that entrepreneurial journey and the trying to like extract their purpose and make way for how they are going to make a living and help other people, what insight or wisdom do you have for them? Start with the end in mind. Right. It's a very, very important starting step. And 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 what that means is you project yourself into the future because Pastor Rudy says this a lot. He says. A slave cannot free another slave. Right. Mm-hmm. A slave cannot free another slave. And, and and it means so many things to me. Right. And however God puts it on your heart or your listener's heart. Uh, apply it that way because he means it, right? Is slave cannot free another slave. So that means that if you start your journey, then it has to include or end with a version of freedom for yourself. What does that freedom look like? And a lot of people go, well, freedom is the most overused word on the face of the planet. It's the least understood. I think um, it's the most used by scam artists, right? Yes, it's, yes. It's going to be financially free. Yes. Okay. It, freedom is, you know, let's let's talk about what it takes. Having a roof over your head, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, having a vehicle to be able to transport yourself. Uh, you know, having some money in the bank so that you don't it, it you don't have to go to work, right? It's just it's it's spinning off some sort of return. Like this is the financial and the real world of business. Yeah. And, and you you figure out what those things are for your freedom. My my freedom, and it changes by sure. the way. The freer you get, yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> the freer that's you true. get, the more people there are to free. Therefore, yeah. God is going to resource you at a much higher level and challenge yeah. you to higher level. Like oh, I retired man. in 2019, and I work harder today than I. <laughs> any of those years. <laughs> That's so true. For the people, by the people, by God, for God, right? That's it. That's it. And, so uh, and so, you know, if you start there and you say, okay, here's what my freedom look like. And it may seem a bit selfish in the beginning because you're like, oh man, it's a house. But Jason was talking about rescuing kids. That's not where it started out. Right. I had to get my house in order first. Mm-hmm. I had to have a year's operating uh, capital in the bank for my business to survive. I had to have a year's worth of, of, of living expenses in a bank for my household, right? I had to do all of those things sequentially, but it, but it started with, here's a version of what I think freedom is for Jason Cisneros. And then I hyper-focused on filling those needs with my talents and whatever it is, whether it's a job, whether it's business, mine happens to be with building businesses, And then I reverse engineered to where I was that day, right? Mm -hmm. Where am I today? And and what I need to do to be able to get to that place, a million bucks in the bank, spinning off 10% interest, whatever it is. I could now, instead of making a decision to buy a better car to impress people who don't like me anyway, (laughs) I could drive the same car for two more years and put all that excess into a bank account, right? Yep. And I can take that and maybe do a little bit of marketing. I could take that and, you know, educate myself on how to be a better business owner. I could do multiplication 
which yeah. is biblical heaven standards, right? Mm-hmm. Is multiplication and and do those things by by not buying into what the world says is success. Yeah. Right. Freedom of choice is, I think, biblical success. Yes, money is a piece of it, but it's the it's a tool. Yeah. Just business is a tool, right? Just like anything is a tool for whatever God put on your heart. Only you know, right? And you should be doing that thing because to be out of the will of God is the only thing that I fear. Right. A hundred percent. Yep. The fear of yep. God, not the fear of man. Right. And and, and I would say one last tool yeah. is get, get, get where that is and then start filling that bank account, right? Yep. Filling that with whatever talents. Yep. You'll increase your skill sets. You'll get better at closing if you're a salesperson. You'll you'll know what to work on because it identifies for you where to put your effort and your energy. And then there's three C's. And this is how I'm starting my year. Because the last three years have caused a part of my spirit to harden mm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I went this year deep in, you know, deep in prayer as I was beginning this new year. Mm-hmm. There's three C's that popped up for me. Complaining, mm-hmm. condemnation, mm-hmm. and comparison. Doing the best we can to detoxify ourselves of those three C's. So good. And, and for us to look at all of the places, because nobody likes a complainer. You know, I found myself complaining about politics and, and God's like, well, then go run against Mitt Romney. Yeah, exactly. Go, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I started condemning, you know, I was condemning uh, a bunch of men for not showing up in this fight that was obvious that needed to be had sure. for medical freedom or for uh, whatever, it, you know, voting integrity, all whatever yeah. it is that was coming whatever, Yeah. And, and, and I found myself condemning, you know, people that were in the, in this, this space, right. That we happen to find ourselves in of guruing. Yes, I'm totally the thought leadership realm, but that's not my job. Yeah. So I mean, that's between them and God Yeah, and, and for me to do the right thing and to attract the right people. So no condemning. And then, and, and then, um, a comparing that's the, that's God's biggest or not God's, but the devil's biggest tool right. is to say, look. Look at these people on Instagram and look how much better they're doing than you. So why even get out of bed today? Hmm. I can promise you that 90% of that stuff is fake. Yep. Right. Yep. So don't compare yourself to the illusion. Compare Same. yourself to who you were yesterday and just make sure you're a touch bit better. Yep. And that would well, be and my- it goes, it literally takes you back to your number one, which is to project who you want to become. And like that concept of always becoming is where grace stands and the knowing that it's not premised on anyone else other than what God has called you to. And I love that you are truthful in the fact that that evolves, right? Mm -hmm. There's, he shows you more because what's happening is yes, you're walking in his plan. You're walking in his favor, but he now can trust you more because you're wiser in the process. You've also been obedient in the process. And so you're compounding God's favor. Right. based in your becoming journey. And yeah. every oh. single time, yes, it's really uncomfortable because in the process, he's correcting you yes. and convicting you. And he's revealing like, hey, you want to go there? Do what I said right here. And it's yeah. not always easy or release that thing right there because you want to get over there. It's like yeah. there's obstacle course, it feels like. But in the process, you realize that each obstacle that you come to, you're like, dang, 
I'm pretty strong. Oh, wait, God's so strong because I didn't want to do that thing. And I didn't think I was capable of doing that thing. Yes. Yeah, I'm just a baby. Yes. That's where the miracle of you becoming the miracle, though. Instead mm -hmm. of you just seeing all the miracles around you, you have now become the miracle that can be a testimony and testify to other people. So mm -hmm. it's incredible. So grateful. We have people in the comments who said, loving this episode. So many powerful truth bombs. Wow, the three C's were powerful. A million likes for the car comment. And it is not just, freedom is not just an end game. It's a continual process. So I am grateful that we are on this process of seeking freedom, experiencing it here on earth as it is in heaven, because we can. We don't have to wait till heaven to experience his goodness. And uh, I see that on your life. And I'm excited to see where it continues to expand. Thank you for your time today. I see it on your life and I'm very grateful for your show, for your impact, for who you are. If you haven't seen her speak, you got to figure out where she's speaking next and get in, in proximity to her because she is an, it just emanates power. It's so, and joy and happiness. Thank it's you. fun to watch. Thank you. And I know you're all over the map. So I saw you're in Raleigh today, which is near me. And I just, I pray continued blessings over the people that are in the audience, that their ears can be opened and their eyes can be open to the miracle that's standing on stage in front of them. Which is ultimately him. Love you, brother. Okay, Thanks so much. Bye. Hey, y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fate team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Well, the physician comes in and says, tells this lovely couple, hey, your son's not going to make it. But there's a young girl here in the hospital who just delivered a baby girl and she's given her up. She's going to leave her here. Do you want her instead? That was chart topper Ryan Stevenson sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.